Hi there. Good morning. Um, I'm going to be doing the contemplative time with you this morning. And so I've been thinking about this throughout the week. And I'm wondering if you've ever been asked the question, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I believe the most powerful prayer that we can utter and that is like a superpower is only three words long. It goes like this, Lord have mercy. There was a time when I considered that prayer to be a form of begging, like please may I have some mercy. But as my understanding of God has evolved, I have come to see and to experience God's merciless, uh, measureless mercy. As the hymn goes, morning by morning new mercies I see. Mercy is a superpower because it's like a two-edged sword. Receiving your mercy empowers you to extend mercy and extending mercy creates in you a willingness to receive more mercy. And let's face it, what this world needs right now is mercy. So let's get to our listening time. Take a moment to consider how you need mercy. When blind Bartimaeus called to Jesus at the side of the road, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus asked him, what do you want from me? Mercy can take many forms and it is very specific to each of us. Please take a few moments to consider what you might need mercy for today. Allow yourself to feel Jesus's presence and accept that mercy from him. And now we use the other edge of the sword Consider to whom you might need to extend mercy. For what? And then, what would that mercy look like? When you swing the double-edged sword of mercy... You will cut through chains of injustice, chains of hatred, chains of unforgiveness, and any other chain you might have hanging around your neck. And you will find yourself unencumbered, free to love, free to forgive, and free to extend mercy extravagantly. My hope for you this week is that you will find a reason to use your mercy superpower 
every single day. Bless you. Now we want to give a special, oh, there he is, Safi and Iman Kaskas. And they have joined us from, from Saudi Arabia today. And we have friends from around the world who, who've come to uh, hear us have a conversation about the next beatitude. Uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so uh, what I'd like to do, I'm, I'm going to launch the conversation. I have a few things I want to say, and then, and then I want to leave as much space as I can uh, to, to chat with Safi and Iman. And so, uh, first of all, I'm going to use share screen for a couple of things. Are you able to see that all right? Yes. This is, um, this is Safi uh, giving his, uh, a copy of his translation of the Quran to Pope Francis. And this went from Pope Francis to secretary to Pope Francis's desk. And so uh, that was a really special moment. And so if you don't have a copy of the Quran, but it, you would like one, uh, this one is available online with references to the Bible in the footnotes. And so it's a very deliberate act of peacemaking and breaking down barriers and walls uh, between uh, Jesus following Christians and Jesus following Muslims. And um, so the, the next thing I want to say is that with regard to this, um, to the idea of blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Mercy is going to be our key word today, obviously. And um, I, I want you to know, that, like I'm coming from an Eastern Orthodox point of view, and Safi is coming from a Muslim point of view. Iman is joining us. Um, she's, she's also very, very articulate on this stuff. And, I, and so from those points of view, this is a major point of common ground that mercy is the dominant lens for God in both Orthodox Christianity um, in, in the liturgy that I would be participating today. Um, in two hours, we use the word mercy or merciful 154 times. But also when, when Muslims um, pray, you know, some of you know, they pray at least five times a day. And this is the opening line of their opening prayer in the name of God, the merciful to all, the mercy giver. And you can see as you pass through this prayer, praise be to God, the Lord of the worlds, the merciful to all, the mercy giver. So in the first three lines, we see how dominant this idea of mercy is. And not only is it our primary lens for, for viewing God, uh, but I would also say this is the, the central theme of Jesus' teaching about God that God is merciful. And so I, I've, I've got this, um, this interesting aspect of New Testament mercy. And, and I want to just share briefly about the Greek terms that are used. And then uh, I think uh, the Kaskas family will also probably mention about the Arabic sense. But um, in Greek, there's a pun. Mercy, elios, both as the verb and the noun, to have or receive or obtain mercy, or also the verb to show mercy, um, sounds a lot like the word for olives, olive berries, olive trees, olives. It's Eliao and Elion. 
And then out of the olives, you have olive oil, lamp oil, healing oil, anointing oil, again, alayon. And so there's this play on words between mercy and the kind of super abundant generosity of an olive tree. And, and so mercy is far more than just withholding punishment. It includes every way that we experience God's super abundant goodness. And when we come to the Beatitudes today, um, one of the things I would note is that the Beatitudes begin with, with Jesus climbing a mountain. And he goes up on top of the mountain, he sits on and begins to teach. And this idea of teaching that, that there's a metaphor there for, um, we, we need to hear this teaching, not only in, a, in the practical sense um, of getting mercy, but there's also a, a greater sense, a, a, a more spiritual reading of it, where we obtain mercy in our character. We become merciful as God is merciful. So blessed are the merciful. Yes, you'll get mercy back. But it's more than that. Blessed are the merciful, because as you do acts of mercy, you will become more and more like the God who is all merciful and especially merciful. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think that's all I need to say about that for now. So let's, let's jump in and um, a huge welcome to our friends, uh, uh, Safi and Iman Kaskas. Welcome here. Hi. Thank Hello. you. So what why don't you two just go ahead and go ahead and launch your thoughts on uh, well before I say that I want to say this. I am aware that not all Christians and not all Muslims appreciate the teachings of Jesus enough to practice them and that it is easy to find anecdotes of a very unchristlike ways um but I've become close to the Kaskases because in them I find um, people who understand that both the New Testament and the Quran call for us to be to follow, read and to follow and obey the the way uh, uh, that Jesus taught in terms of of mercy, and so that is major common ground for us. Uh, maybe maybe you, uh, others of us have had bad experiences. Uh, with Muslims and with Christians in that regard. But these are spokespeople and Safi's, Safi is a Quranic scholar. And so I really appreciate that he's a Jesus following Muslim. And I would like to take his example and become a better Jesus following Christian. So that's sort of how this begins today. So over to you, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this beatitude? Go ahead. Well, uh, I love the Beatitudes. I think uh, Jesus is teaching us how to be better people. Uh, he's not uh, telling us about something that beyond our ability, but he's talking to us about how should become we should, how we should become. So uh, I think they're meant for us to practice in everyday life. So I take them in that sense. Uh, of course, you mentioned a minute ago, if, be mercy so you can receive mercy. That's fine. But I think we should do it because God gave us the ability to do it. And if God honored us, honored us to give us one of his quality as human beings, 
uh, we should at least be so grateful as to practice that quality with everybody we meet, everybody we encounter. We have a choice. I, uh, I keep telling everybody I meet, look, we have a choice. We are free people. God put us on earth so we can practice our free will, our free choices. So let's practice those wisely by following uh, what God asks us to, to do in the various scriptures that he sent to us. And uh, I worked for years on those various scriptures and I found that the message never changed. The, mess- the essence of the message is always the same. So uh, uh, mercy to me is very important. And uh, with all respect to the Greek, uh, I like to remind you of the Aramaic of Jesus, of the Hebrew of the time, and of the Arabic that is still spoken today in, uh, by over 300 million Arabs in the, in the Arab world. And uh, if we talk about uh, uh, how close these three languages are to each other, uh, I will demonstrate this by saying mercy in Arabic is rahmah, uh, almost the same word in Hebrew, very close to it in Aramaic. So the root of rahmah is raham. Raham literally is the womb of a woman, is, is the miracle of miracles that God gave us, created within a woman. That, way, that makes the woman a very special uh, human being that God honored with all regenerations. Uh, Jesus wouldn't be here without Mary. God chose in order to bring Jesus to have Mary. And uh, in the Quran, we learn that he blessed her womb twice. Once uh, uh, before he, Jesus was formed inside her womb and uh, and the second time was when Jesus was there. He had to prepare her womb, as we are told in the Quran, to, be, to, to become a very special womb, to carry Jesus and to nurture him. Uh, Jesus in the Quran, mind you, is a very special person. He's not like any other child. He didn't take in the Quran two years to learn to speak and to know the Torah, it says the book, the Torah, and the Gospels, and the wisdom. So he was born with all this knowledge as far as the Quran is concerned. So he, this very special person needed a very special womb to carry him, and God chose Mary's womb. So God, in, when he called himself Rahman and Rahim, the root of these two words is Raham, which is the womb. So lots of, many, many, many people ask me, why do you refer to God as he instead of she? I say, well, in the Quran, he chose to refer to himself as he. But he has his root, the root of his name is in the womb of a woman. Because he created that womb to be the most, the, mo- the, the best example of mercy that we can, uh, we can here uh, observe learn about and share. Uh, today with the modern medicine, uh, only a few days ago, I read information that I was amazed at, you know. Uh, there's things that happen in the womb that we're not aware of at all. 
but God created the womb to uh, to do many many miracles. The nine months during the time the baby is there are full of miracles. So mercy, in a sense, can be watched, can be observed, can be seen. Uh, Iman was running a diagnostic center. Uh, she used to be able to go walk in and see God's mercy. When she looks inside the body of a person through the MRI or the CT scan, uh, and she used to come and talk to me, she, she used to be in awe about God's miracle uh, through all of this. You want to say something here? Yeah, Safi is right. I, I want to talk a little bit about a concept that uh, it's a cultural thing that's coming here in the Middle East. Uh, in Saudi Arabia in particular, when people uh, attempt to visit each other for uh, uh, family purpose to just connect, they use the term uh, that means to connect with each other uh, through the womb. Through the womb. And, and the term in Arabic is so that it's a dear term. It may be too foreign for a Western-speaking uh, uh, person, but in Arabic, it means something very special, that to maintain relationships or to stay in contact with relationships that, are, that have come to be through the womb. So it's a very, very special uh, connection, relational-wise. And... Uh, uh, it's quite uh, adhered to in this part of the world. Uh, Safi was right about uh, speaking to you about my being in awe over monitoring the creation of God through MRI and CT scan and other, and how it, it is when it works perfectly and how it is when something is wrong. And uh, the whole creation, not just the womb, the whole creation is something very special. And... Uh, I just learned how it is when it's working perfectly and how it is when a virus enters the body and something goes wrong and uh, this perfect creation is messed up for a reason or another. And uh, it's a reminder of uh, uh, God's, of God's mercy yeah. on yeah. us and in his creation of a human being. And uh, it's just, it was always amazing for me to witness on a daily basis. So basically, I can tell you, Brad, that uh, reading scripture is one thing. Trying to live the scripture is much more impressive <laughs> and uh, much more influencing. Uh, you will see yourself when you try to live the Beatitudes that uh, you're not alone. God is there with you, trying to help you, trying to give you strength. It's a reminder to yourself that you are under God's mercy. Uh, he is watching you. And if you don't see him, you should know that he sees you. So, uh, and this is, will keep us always in awe or uh, conscious of God's presence with us. And this is another term in Arabic that is uh, mentioned many, many times in the Quran. And it's good to know. It's called taqwa. The literal meaning of taqwa is to seek shelter, like from the rain, by having an umbrella. 
to seek shelter from God is to run away from him to him. So, you, you, you know, the only way to run away from God is to run to him. So while we're here on earth, on his property, I should say, uh, you know, we need to enjoy uh, the communality that we have with him. And we need to try as much as we can to live uh, all these gifts that he gave us without forgetting that we are a human being and he is our creator. Uh, and in the Quran, we learn that there is nothing like God. You know, uh, so when I think of God, I don't think of a human being. I don't think of an old man trying to extend some help to me. I think of my creator, whom my mind cannot uh, imagine, but my heart can contain. So it's always a matter of the heart between me and my creator. That's very so, similar to, to, to some of the, um, uh, the ancient Christian mystics, where like we have a book called The Cloud of Unknowing. And, and he says, you know, your concepts of God will never penetrate the cloud of unknowing to know God, but love can. In other words, yes. that um, yes, and and Indeed. this is a, a Jewish concept too, where uh, one of the old rabbis, I think it was Hillel, he said, you know, how is it that that the Torah says that uh, that we that we need to um, have you know put this belief on our hearts instead of in it? And then Hillel says, well, it can only be on your hearts until your hearts break with compassion. Then it will fall inside. So there's a very strong connection uh, across these three Abrahamic faiths to uh, knowing God and, and and both loving God, but also loving our brothers and sisters, and to recognize uh, that that you and I are brother brothers and sisters because we came from the same womb, which is to say, for the mercy of God. Is that is yes. does that ring true to you? Yes. yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, look, we all human beings are brothers and sisters. Uh, I, I don't look at uh, people color, people uh, gender. Uh, I know that where the I know where we came from. I know the source, and this is who I worship. So, uh, regardless of our differences, uh, we still coming from the same source, if we are different, mercy is to tolerate this and to love you as you are. And uh, loving you as you are is something uh, very good. Well, we need it very badly in the United States at this time. We need to love each other as we are and uh, try to find in our heart mercy and compassion for each other. I think we so need it all over the world. We need it all over the world, yes, it's true. Yes, now I have indeed. a question about that. So okay. it seems to me that in the in the in the Quran, uh, God tells us that our differences are inevitable, and in fact, by at some level, by design, to give us an opportunity to show mercy one yes. to another. That it's not yes, about indeed. all being in unison; it's about being exactly. in, in harmony across differences. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Indeed. Well, see. Uh... Many people uh, try to uh, tell me, for instance, why are you loving Christians and Jews and, uh, and other people? Uh, 
uh, are you trying to uh, be apologetic or uh, try to uh, make excuses so they can accept you? I say, no, not at all. I'm, I'm practicing the essence of, of Islam when I'm loving others. Now, how, how, how can the essence of Islam, uh, the way I understand it, be in loving others? Here it is. I have a, a theory there that I need to share with you. I personally, I mean, after years of working with, with scripture, uh, whether they're, uh, we're talking about the, the Tanakh, the, you know, Evangel, the, the New Testament, or the, uh, or the Quran, I think we human beings are on earth to make choices. And these choices are limited to two choices. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all day long, all the choices we make are limited to two choices. Either we're doing what we're doing to please God, or we're doing it to please our own egos, our own selves. All actions we do, all decisions we make are between these two choices. Uh, I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm either with you here, uh, meeting these beautiful people from the church, so they can say, oh, Safi Kaskas is knowledgeable. This will be, I'll be doing this, so they can say, I'm knowledgeable. This is to please my own ego. Or I'll be doing it to spread love. And this will be pleasing to God. So everything we do, we're between these two choices. If I have, if I need to leave you with any, with anything, this idea is what I like to leave you with. Anytime you want to make a decision about anything, about your child, about your husband, about your work, about your faith, ask yourself, am I doing this? to please God or to please my own self. Now, if you're doing it to please God, the only way you can get close to God is by serving others. Others here are all human beings. It's, they're not limited to people of my same uh, religion or same conviction about my religion or same uh, city or same town by, by serving others. Whoever I can serve, I need to serve. And if I'm doing it to please myself, then I will be using others. I'll be climbing over others. Uh, because the more abuse I have, the more self-feeding uh, to my own ego, to my, to my own satisfaction. I, I use this guy. I, I, I conquered him. I climbed on him. I got where I want. One will lead me to hell. The other would lead me uh, to the mercy of God. So this, this is basically why loving God leads me to love others. You know, now this uh, reminds uh, me. Oh, sorry, man. Carry on. Okay. If you want to say something, go ahead. I, I was going to say that, uh, yes, God created. I, I believe God created us the same and gave us the opportunities to be different if we choose uh, he looks at all of us in the same way. Uh, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Quran is, uh, say, we believe in God and what he revealed to us and what he revealed to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the tribes and the teaching of Moses and Jesus and the prophets from their God. We do not differentiate between any of them 
and we are all to him submissive. This needs a little bit of explanation because the last word submissive is a, a translation of the word muslimun, which is plural for Muslim. The way I see the Quran and I understand it, and the reason why it helped me believe and follow Jesus is that it includes everybody and it doesn't alienate anyone. All the believers in the message of their scriptures, their prophets are included in this verse. This is mercy in my opinion on all of us, that he loved us all the same, that he cared for us all of the same. He told Prophet Muhammad in the Quran that you are commanded to say that you believe in me, but in what I reveal to you, but also in what I reveal to all these other prophets. And he said to him, he, there is one word when he, when he said, and we believe in the teaching of Moses and Jesus. And then it says the, the prophets with an S, which means all the prophets that weren't mentioned in this verse are included. And then he says, we do not differentiate between any of them. And then he said, we are, and we are all to him submissive. The majority of people in the Western world don't understand or don't know that the word Muslim or Muslimun, plural for Muslim, means to submit to God. So here God is including all of us and telling us all, this is what we need to do, to submit to him totally and completely. This submission, if we all share that in common, and I think we all do if we follow Jesus, if we follow the teaching of Moses or any of the other prophets, for his sakes and purposes in our lives, then that is the action that we are doing. The word Muslim, which is, in my opinion, is an active verb, an active noun. It's not, uh, it's not- An adjective. Yes, and no one has a monopoly in it, on it. Unfortunately, neither Christian nor Muslim know this reality. This takes a lot of in-depth looking into the Quran and into what the word means. And when the people that were worshiping idol around the time of Prophet Muhammad, when they heard it first, it meant to them the action that they need to submit to God. It wasn't a name that was of a group, uh, of a, like a tribal. It was an action-oriented word that is required in order to uh, follow God and to focus on getting to know him. And... Um, to me, that's pure mercy for us to be all included under the same umbrella. Yes, in another verse, he said, I have created you tribes and I have created you uh, as, as a community in order to compete for with one another. But that competition is to produce something good. I share like we are doing today, exactly like we're doing today. This is the healthy competition that the Quran speaks about by us talking about our point of view, where we come from, bringing forward the Quran, which is a foreign book to so many. But we have done our homework by studying scriptures, by studying the gospel, by studying the Old Testament, by learning more about even the understanding of people from that part of the world, from your part of the world, as opposed to ours. Because believe me when I say, even Christian in our region, see the gospel differently than people in the West. And they actually use the term Allah 
for the father, the creator. They share that in common with Muslim. When you, when, you, when you raise this issue in the Western world, people are in shock because they assume that Allah is a different foreign uh, uh, deity. Uh, yet Christian in our region, all types of Christian pray to Allah. And we have that in common here in our region. So there is a lot of uh, work that needs to be done in, uh, in order to fully, really internalize this mercy that God has uh, bestowed on us by creating us all so that we get to know one another and to learn from each other. That's, that's so good. Um, I think what we should do is I, I want to share one more thing and then, and, and you can respond however you like, and then we'll go to a question and response time. Um, but as you're talking, it seems to me that this idea of submission or another word that is common now in English that means a lot to me because of the recovery community is surrender, submission or surrender to what? And, and you know, there's maybe some distinctions there, but I think what I, I hear you clearly saying is, is that uh, to submit to God is to submit to his agenda and his agenda is that we'd, we would be expressions of his mercy. Yes. And so yes. I, I was reading this morning, uh, the Apostle Paul said this, and it's, it's about this agenda. He himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So in, in Paul's context, he's talking about, about the destroying the the barriers of hostility between Jews and Christians, um, how much more so though today between Jews and Muslims, um, but also that barrier is a reference to the temple where there's uh, the differences between men and women and the differences between Greeks and barbarians and the different, all these, all these barriers we create. And so um, if that's God's agenda, to destroy barriers of hostility, then we really need to decide whether who we're going to serve. Will we serve the ego that raises the barriers or will we serve God who removes the barriers? And um, I'm glad that we can have some time this morning to actively be doing that. Like we, yes. we get to live this and to say, what if, um, you know, what if we, what if the way we transcend all the, 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 the many reasons you could have for division. What if we transcend them through, through mutual love and mercy? Well, we can. And, and hopefully this conversation is a testimony to that. So um, why don't each of you uh, sort of give a, a closing word that will then segue us to the Q&R time? I think I said what was on my mind uh, to share. Uh, I would just focus on the common ground that exists between us, and there is so many. I think uh, there is a tendency out there to uh, focus on the things that uh, uh, pull us apart. And um, that's heartbreaking to me, because the common ground is so far more uh, there, and it's... Uh, it's tremendous. It's, it's really a lot. There's a lot of common ground. And uh, the more we dig into the scriptures, the more we learn that. 
there is a book called Jesus and Muhammad, the parallel saying. And when I read it, I have no doubt in my mind that what's in it is coming from the same source. There is so much, it, it's all spirit that tells you that it is the same and it comes from the same source. And God doesn't change his mind. And I think I really believe totally and completely that uh, the differences are man-made. Uh, because if God wouldn't be the God that we worship, if he chose to share a different message with each prophet that came with his scriptures, I think those differences are of our making. Thank you. Uh, I want everybody to know that uh, the path that I'm walking, uh, I'm walking that path with my eyes wide open. I'm not uh, saying everything is so nice and everything is so beautiful and we have the same faith and the same belief. Uh, no, we have differences also. But Iman and I chose to focus on the communalities and leave the difference aside. They're not going to affect uh, our relationship with our neighbors. Uh, if the relationship is built on love, Uh, those differences will not affect it in any way, shape, or form. So, yes, we have differences. We have uh, different doctrines even. And uh, yet, uh, we live, we, sh we need, we should uh, live as neighbors, and uh, we should treat each, each other uh, very kindly and very mercifully. So, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I wake up every day, I meet new people, I talk to uh, new people, and I have that idea in mind. Uh, today's world, especially here in the Middle East, you know, uh, this is a little bit off, but I'll share it with you. Uh, I don't think people in North America, or the majority of them, have any idea uh, how the people in the Middle, Middle East are living. The people in the Middle East are living as defeated people. Just ponder on this word for a second. We are inside defeated. And we live that defeat every day. And we ask God, why are we defeated? Why were you willing for us to be defeated every day? Uh, France went to Algeria and they killed one million people. Wanted to keep Algeria as French land. Britain went to Iraq and Palestine and uh, Egypt, and we're still suffering and we're still struggling with the, with, with the result of that colonialism until today. Then the United States went to Iraq and another million people, more or less, got killed over there. So, you know, when, we, when, when I think about all this, uh, and yet I still uh, have to love anybody I, I looked at, I look at, when my eyes meet somebody else's eye, I, sometimes I smile without even trying because uh, God asked me to do this, asked me to be, to, to love the other, whoever that other is, and to uh, make them know that I'm loving them. It's not like I should do it secretly. <laughs> I should spread it. And uh, we all need to spread Uh, our love in, 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 in the community we live in. So when you, when you think next time about people from the Middle East, either search the background, read a little bit about it, and, uh, but you need to find out 
they're not living normal life. Today, I can move from, I'm, I'm packing my house to move away from Jeddah. I can't go to Lebanon because it's in turmoil. And uh, the whole Middle East is in turmoil. I just want you to know this, to know with the background uh, that we're experiencing. Christians in the Middle East have a problem. Muslims have a problem. Jews have a problem. All they need to do is sit around a table together and talk about it. Uh, if, if we work together, then nobody else can interfere and we'll stop the hatred. Uh, the hatred is inspired by other people from outside the Middle East who are interfering in our affairs, each for his own interest. If we sit together, if we talk about it, if we let uh, God uh, dominate the meeting and his instruction to us, we'll be all fine. So th this is where we're coming from. And it's important, I think, to share all this with you. Something, Brad, I, I might add here. Um, when we met with the Pope, and as he looked at Safi's book and started opening it and uh, checking some of the verses and seeing that there is uh, equivalence uh, from the Bible there, he, he looked up and um, he told Safi to pray for him. And uh, we were very touched by that because we were going to ask him to pray for us. He actually asked us to pray for him. And I loved that moment and it's engraved in my psyche. But as he walked away, I actually screamed at him and I said, we are Muslim and we love Jesus. He turned around and came back and summarized our whole encounter and conversation by five words. He said, we have the same father. In those words, I never forgot because he summarized everything. And we do have the same father. And the, the, the process of alienation that happens on the basis of what we call ourselves, not children of God, we call ourselves Muslim, Christian, and Jews, and Buddhists, and others. This is not what God wants because he doesn't see us as different people. When we go to him one, one of these days, he will judge us according to what we've done here on earth. But the way he looks at us, the way he created us, I think all the same. We're all his children. I think um, we should segue now into the Q&R and I get to ask the first question. <laughs> I've been doing that along, but I, it's pertinent. Um, how can we be praying for you specifically as a couple uh, both in terms of your life circumstances, I know there that there's a tr there's trials right now, and your ministry and mission. Thank you. Go ahead. Well, we are in the process of leaving this country after 30 years of living here, and that's very hard. Uh, my home here is being packed for the last two days. The process will take 10 days, and then we start loading and leaving. And as Safi mentioned. Uh, we wanted to spend, we felt that the Lord, through a series of circumstances, directed us to go to Lebanon for part of the time. And uh, uh, we never thought we will because of many of the reasons that Safi mentioned, the problem, that tribulation that exists in that part of the world. But we heeded his command to us and we were willing to do it. And now there have been a, a terrible explosion two months ago in 
Beirut that has shattered things, not to mention the economy that has already been ruined by the uh, really collapse of the Lebanese currency. So there are a lot of problems and there is uh, outside the influence that's always hovering. Israel, our neighbor is always trying to stir things the pot. So we just, we just uh, have a lot to deal with. So we're uncertain where we're going to be. Yes, we're packing. Uh, we'll probably send things and they will not be unpacked for a while until we make the decision, but we need to be out of here. So um, we'll be that going. Sounds like Abraham. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trusting the Lord and following his uh, uh, commandment in our lives. And we're just, uh, we're, we're praying. So. Well, uh, specifically, uh, I would request that you pray for a safe move, that our move and whatever else we do, will be uh, so the will of God be on earth as it is in heaven and uh, that we adhere to his will and to his direction uh, in our everyday's life. Uh, you know, one of the greatest gifts that I feel I have is, is the blessing of God. And I hope this blessing never uh, cease uh, or never be withheld away. So uh, uh, I, I, I always myself pray that uh, we'll always have the blessing of God. And I hope you all pray for that also. Uh, you Thank know. you so, so much.